fix that just a little bit. Ramsey Paul back on the kill stream. Now let's see. All right, I'll tinker with it a little bit when I get started. Okay. Now let me minimize this. Gotta love it live. Okay. Now you could hear me that whole time, but they couldn't hear you. How you doing, Ramsey Paul? Welcome back to the kill stream. Hey, I, I am uh, doing good. I, I, I'm a little sweaty. I just worked in the yard. It's a beautiful day here in Arkansas in the Ozarks. And I went to the mailbox. I live like in the middle of uh, nowhere. And this guy came up to me with blonde hair. And he, and he was like, uh, the world is probably going to end. Do you know Jesus? I'm like, what the hell is this guy? What the heck? I mean, the, the times are getting crazy. I mean, there's no one around here. So it's like a weird thing when someone comes up to you. So uh, it's a weird vibe in the air. Do you feel that? Yeah, it's a, a strange times, I guess you could say. Uh, strange clouds. A uh, lot of stuff going on, you know. Uh, a lot of people talking about World War Three and and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, were, were you raised? I was raised as a in elementary school as a fundamentalist Baptist, and they believed in the rapture and all that type of stuff. Were you raised like that too, or? Yeah, with the rapture, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and oh, they're all going to attack Israel, and they're going to build the next temple. The, what is it? The third temple, and then the red heifer, and then the Antichrist would come. and The seven so years of I, tribulation and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm ready for the tribulation. <laughs> well, we might not be too far off. Um, <laughs> what do you uh, What do you think about what's going on? Uh, I guess we'll just start because that's mostly what we've been talking about Uh in Gaza and Israel, uh, et cetera. Uh, what do you think about what's going on there and how it's been portrayed in the media? Man, I'm tired of this. You know, I'm 60 years old and the Jews and Arabs have been fighting my whole life. They've always been fighting over there. And uh, it's a mess. It's a mess that I don't think we in the United States should be part of. I don't want to take a side. Everyone wants us to take a side. And no, I'm not pro-Palestinian. I don't want them over here. I do not want them over here, right? I, they need to stay over in their, their Palestine. And uh, the same way, we shouldn't be hijacked by uh, the Israeli policy with the Ben Shapiro's and all that and the Christian Zionists who want to bring Jesus back. We got to bring Jesus back. So let's start World War III. Crazy. It's like a weird death cult. And I, I don't think we should be part of it at all. I, I really don't. I'm, I guess I'm kind of understand uh, Hamas, their point of view, because the Gazas, kind of, similar in World War II, the Jews were put in Warsaw. It was like an open-air uh, ghetto. And that's how they, they were put into this little strip of land. I think it's like 20 miles long, 5 miles wide. That's nothing. They're just piled in there. And if they try to get into Israel, they're shot dead. And I, I understand their anger. And so they act out and they're very barbaric. I, I have no doubt about that. But then the Israelis, they act in a barbaric fashion too. So I don't know if there's any good guys in this whole episode. I just don't think that we as Americans should get involved with this sort of bullshit. So that's that's my opinion. I, I don't want to take a side. I don't want to be involved. I don't want our money going to Israel. I don't want our money going to Ukraine. I don't want to go anywhere. We have our own problems. And we need to work on our problems, not be involved with all this nonsense. Now, having said that, what do you th think the chances are we do get involved somehow? They're sending carriers over there, et cetera. Rumors about the SEAL teams maybe uh, going to get involved with some of the hostages. Uh, I, of course, I don't know if they actually will. But uh, do you think there is a chance we get involved or there's a wider war in the Middle East? Uh, yeah, there's a chance, but I'm not the, the guy. I know it makes for good uh, – 
content, you know, people, oh, we're going to be in World War III by the end of the week. You got to, everyone prepare. Everyone's doing that. I've never been a big guy into fear porn, even though I know that sells. Like everyone got excited about COVID. We're all going to die. And I said, nah, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. So I don't think this is going to lead to World War III, but there's like a 10% chance, which is worrisome. <laughs> That's still too big of a chance. So uh, I don't know why they have the carriers there. I think it's just to look badass. Uh, again, uh, Hamas, they don't really have an army. They have these militias. So uh, I'm not really quite sure why we have aircraft carriers there. I guess in case Iran gets involved, uh, but I don't think they're going to get directly involved. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Well, I tend to just think it's going to be, you know, kind of like 2008, 2009, where there's, you know, bombard Gaza, maybe go in some there with some troops and kill a bunch of Palestinians and then probably we'll rebuild it again, right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been a cycle that repeats itself. So, yeah, yeah uh, the, the Israelis will kill a bunch of slaughter, a bunch of the Palestinians. And it's just a cycle of hatred because in the Palestinians, they have this hatred to the Jews and then they're, it's going to make them more radical and it just continues on and on and on. So uh, I don't really see an end to this one way or the other. I guess, you know, some of them have been talking about ethnic cleansing, just totally eliminating all two million Palestinians. Yeah. I, I don't know if they mean actually killing them all or um, sending them here to America. I mean, they should go to Israel because... Shouldn't Israel have open borders? Groups like the ADL say we have to have open borders, so they should have open borders. So, but that's not the case. So, um, I don't know. We'll see if they actually do that ethnic cleansing, like all these neocons are uh, screaming for. Pretty bloody, pl pretty bloody mess over there. That's for sure. Now you mentioned the neocons. What do you think about the <clears throat> response of our elected officials? Uh, with some of their rhetoric, Nikki Haley, Lindsey Graham. I saw Haley. I still don't know if he was trolling or not, but he said all Ukraine aid should immediately go to Israel, uh, and that's the priority is protecting Israel. Now, I still not sure if he was trolling or not, but uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, what do you think? If they had to choose I mean, between, if they had to choose between Ukraine, Israel, well, I'll even make a three options: Ukraine, Israel, or America. Which are they going to choose first? Well, Israel. Exactly. They'll choose Israel over America. I have no doubt. So our elected officials, I'm like, our, uh, they don't represent me. We have no control over them. They represent uh, Israel. I don't know why we bother have elections. Let's, it's a waste of money. Just have Israel pick who they want to rule over us, and it'd be cheaper that way. Less I mean, social pretty strive, much too. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. Just say, we're not having there. elections. Does Israel, you just pick who you want to rule over us, and uh, we won't do this nonsense of elections because either Republican or Democrat, almost all, they fall in line, put Israel first. And uh, that's that's the way it is. Hey, you know, even our former governor here, Asa Hutchison, good God, we have less than 6,000 Jews in Arkansas. But his like, number one thing is Israel. He wore Israeli pin at the debates, at the first debate. It's just crazy how... Uh, there is, it's almost treason how much they love a foreign country. It's, it's bizarre. It's not normal. This isn't normal. Your, your politicians, they should care about their people, not about a foreign country. It doesn't mean we have to be angry at other countries. We can be friendly with them and trade with them. I'm for that. But to put their interests first is, is just crazy. Uh, but they do. Uh, they would sacrifice America for Israel for a variety of reasons. 
Uh, some of it because of the Zionist lobby is very powerful. They have control of the media and the legal and all that. But also you have some Christians like Mike Pence who want to bring back Jesus. And they have this weird death cult. Like a third of the world needs to die in a nuclear holocaust. So Jesus will come back. There'll be the Antichrist and the seven seals and all that bullshit. So it's a it's a weird mix between Zionism and the Christian death, death cult that they're trying to run. So now that you mention it, has there ever been, I can't think of one, another example where a country, particularly the like hegemonic country, uh, but any country really, is unless it was a completely puppet government maybe, uh, which raises some other questions, but has there ever been uh, another country like this where it's just, oh, you know, it, it's literally, did you hear Nikki Haley? She said that... Uh, Israel doesn't need us, but we need Israel. That's That was one of her new talking points, uh, that we need Israel, not the other way around. Yeah, that, that was why we founded the, the America, the, the founding fathers for Israel. It is insane. And no, I can't think of another country that's either. ever done that. Other countries have been vassal states where yeah. they had to pay tribute or whatever. That was actually common. Uh, that's kind of the Roman Empire. They did that model where... They would conquer you. In fact, they conquered Palestine. And uh, they said, okay, well, you can keep your religion and you can do your bullshit, but here's the rules. <laughs> you got to give us some money and you can't act up. And that, that's pretty much how they ran things. So it's unusual, though, for uh, it, it's a weird, um, and I hate to use this term because it's overused, you know, the conservative or cuckold, but it's really, really accurate where we're actually have the interest of another people over our own. Somehow it's like our leadership and our culture been, has been hijacked by an alien group that does not have the interest of our people whatsoever at all. And it's bizarre because you remember Trump wanted $3 billion for the wall. Oh, no, can't do that. No, no. We're fiscal conservatives. We're out of money. But right, this happens. $9 billion to Israel. Uh, Ukraine wants $100 billion more. It's just like endless money. But then they're like, oh, we got to cut your Social Security, Americans. Oh, we don't have money for a wall. It's It's just obvious at this point. I've never seen anything like it. It's not apt to get any better either, I don't think, uh, anytime soon. Well, you know, the, the good news is I think it's, I think there's a little generational difference. And I'm kind of white-pilled as normal people I'm talked to. Uh, they do pretty much have the same position. They don't see why we need to get involved with this. I think this is sort of the older boomer crowd that... Uh, you know, like a Mike Pence, that we got to we gotta be the stand, the leader for democracy and stand with our best little uh, ally in the Middle East. And, uh, that, you know, the Christian Zionists, which, again, are very an older demographic because they're dying out. Uh, most younger people are not very religious anymore, plus all the immigration. They don't give a shit about Israel. So I think it is sort of changing. It's sort of a dated concept right now. Uh, we You see these old boomers like Asa Hutchison and Mike Pence. They still think it's 1985. And, you know, God blesses those who bless Israel and all of that bullshit. So uh, there's quite a bit of that happening right now. Uh, what is going on with Jordan Peterson? Uh, has something happened I, to him? Boy, his mind broke, right? I just, I re, I responded to him because he just started. He had a tweet where they made fun of his name. They called him Juden Peter Stein or something yeah. like that. And then he just like, ah, and he just went crazy. That guy used to be, I, I started to watch him years ago on YouTube before he was really famous. He was just a professor in Canada and he would load some of his lectures up to YouTube. 
And some of them are really quite interesting. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's pretty fascinating. He's kind of, you know, philosophical and so forth. You don't see much that in universities anymore. And then he became very famous. And then he um, got all this money. Then he got, you know, tied in with the usual suspects. And I think he's really uh, conflicted now. So he had he's had a hard time. I, I think, didn't he have a benzo addiction, I thought? Yeah, he did. He must yeah. have had a really bad one because I've had one. And I don't know. They had to put him in a coma. Uh, they did I, because if you just can't quit cold, cold turkey, right? Otherwise, uh, you know. Well, you shouldn't do that. You can do that, but uh, you shouldn't do that because you're liable to have a seizure. Uh, or right, exactly. Worse yeah. than that even, a stroke or death. Uh, yeah, it's pretty serious. Um, but I've never heard about being put in a coma. Usually you would just taper off the medication and maybe, you know, take some extra precautions, but I've never heard of being I, some kind of experimental shit they did to him. Ramsey. Like I, I yeah, don't know. And it was in Russia, right? He actually yeah. went to Russia too, of all places. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And ever since then, his mind seems to be broken. He's always crying and he's just, uh, um, it's weird. It's like they lobotomized used, him or something. It is. It's, he used to have sort of a balanced. Uh, he was kind of an interesting man. He kind of reminded me of Z Man, kind of he's somewhat intellectual, but a guy that you can just talk to. And now he's all about, you know, Zionism and all this. And it's so funny because he used to like Shoshanishan. <laughs> Shoshanishan. I think someone asked him a book. He, it, it, he wrote a book, uh, 200 Years Together, about the Jews in Russia. And oh boy, Jordan Peterson didn't want to touch that. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, he's, he, I think what happened is he sold out, he sold his soul for the money and he's kind of gone crazy because this is opposed to everything he used to believe in. He used to believe in living the truth, doing Russ right, to just being, have some integrity. And I think he personally abandoned that and he's just having a mental breakdown now, now even dresses, though he's real wealthy. He dresses like the Riddler as well. Um, I don't know. Have you noticed that? He has uh, he's just gone. Yeah, I stopped <laughs> following him ever since he kind of went crazy. And it's, uh, you think being wealthy and famous would, you know, he'd be happy, but he just always seems to be bawling about something and having a hysterical breakdowns. Like his breakdown about someone trolling him about his name. Who cares? If you've been on the internet about, well, you know that of all people, I do too. You're going to be attacked. And if you allow people to get under your skin, you just can't. If you're on the internet, you will be attacked. That's just the way it is. You got to have thick skin. So I'm surprised that he that he allowed that to upset him so much. Well, you kind of hit it on the head. He's so successful and so well known. I went to there's a store here called Claiborne's. I'm in Mexico, uh, and they were selling. I think it was his Twelve Rules book or the follow up to that. Yeah. Uh, it was in Spanish, and they were selling it in the store here in Mexico. Uh, yeah. So this guy is selling books in foreign language. I mean, it was in a prominent position too, uh, in the store. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, you can't get away from this guy, but uh, he does seem to be like just miserable kind of. Uh, and it's like, he's trying to outdo Ben Shapiro. who I'm going to mention next. Uh, and I'll put a bow on the Gaza Palestine stuff, but I mean the Palestine Israel stuff, but, um, have you ever seen bloodlust like this? Uh, you know, I'm trying to think back, I guess there was some, you know, early in the 2000s, um, you know, go in and wipe out Afghanistan or kill all these Iraqis or whatever. But I don't know that I've ever seen it quite like this, just open calls for genocide, uh, really. I mean. Yeah, it is. And I talked about it out on my show today. And it said, you know, like the Israelis, they said they're no longer going to follow the rules of warfare. <laughs> 
And I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, and I said, well, you know, that really hurts your whole spiel you're doing about the Holocaust. And I'm not going to debate the Holocaust, but let's say everything was exactly true of the Holocaust. Their whole point is, oh, you people did this evil things to our people and killed them, our civilians and women and children. And they're really taking our morality, which is a Christian morality, and using that as the baseline. But if they don't follow that, if they think they can slaughter uh, Palestinians, and again, I'm not a big fan of Palestinians, but they're not just going after Hamas, they're just going to kill civilians. And if their soldiers want to murder, rape, fine, they're not going to punish them. That's that's what they're saying. Well, then how are they different than the, the Nazis? How is that different than the Holocaust? Why is that so upsetting to them? And it, it's unusual that we live in an unusual time where in most of the world's history, if you kill the enemy, that's a good thing. And so you can't use guilt. I always use an example That'd be like you go back in time and you go to Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, you killed six million of our people. Uh, and he probably would have said, you liar, I killed 10 million of you. How dare you minimize our achievements? And they would say, if you kill your enemy, that's a sign that the gods or whatever really has favor on you. Uh, the Native Americans, Indians, they would uh, take fight each other, torture each other, take the women, rape them, uh, scalp the kids or take the kids as slaves. That was normal. Throughout most of history, that's how people fought wars. It sort of changed with the Christian concept. But I'm not saying that Christians always follow the concept, but that was the idea. Like Sherman's March, they didn't really follow the Christian concept or uh, our bombing of uh, Dresden, that was a slaughter. Uh, so now, we never lived up to that concept, but at least that was the goal. But if you're going to abandon that, see, that was the whole basis of how the Holocaust being the worst thing ever, that's why... That's really their argument why they need to be treated separate. You can't criticize them. That's anti-Semitism. They have a right to homeland, but you don't. It it's all goes back to the Holocaust. But if they said that they can go around and slaughter anyone, then they kind of undermine the whole Holocaust narrative that somehow that's uniquely evil. Because if they're saying, hey, you're okay to kill your enemy, the women and children, rape them, whatever, we're saying that's okay to do, then why was it wrong for the Germans to do that to them? Because they were the enemy. So it puts them in a difficult spot. I don't think they realize that yet, but it, it's kind of contradicting their whole uh, moral claim of being better than everyone else. Uh, so uh, it's an interesting that they decided to do that. Uh, take, I mean, if they want to do that, that's fine. But then their enemies can do the same thing against them. So you know, well, if you're not going to follow the rules argument. of role, yeah. if you're not going to have the rules of war, that your enemy will do the same to you. Well, how can they say, well, it just, it, does completely weaken their argument. I mean, it's like, okay, you're yeah. going in saying that they committed all these war crimes, so now it's good for you to commit the war crimes too. Like, um, that doesn't really make sense uh, unless you're drug brain, which I see a lot of that actually on Twitter, and they're like, we need to flatten Palestine, and it just literally killed. Oh, them. I, I know, glass it, flatten it. And these are big people Wrong that, people. I mean, yeah. the things that have been said on Twitter or X, whatever they call it now, if I said this about any other ethnic group, I'd be banned immediately. I couldn't get away with what they're just outright calling for genocide. And these are supposed to be the good people that will call me the evil hater. And I would never call for, I, I wouldn't call for that for anyone. And they're calling for this. It's, it's really crazy. And it's just showing their bloodlust that they have. And it really, another thing that shows is how uh, blood is important. My grandma used to always talk about, I don't know if you, your grandparents are, but the older people, they talked a lot about blood. Oh, you don't know his blood, you know, meaning 
you're, where you're from because that determines your behavior. And um, you see that blood is thicker than civic nationalism. You see all these people, they may have their uh, technically be Americans or English or Canadian, but they strictly go back to their tribes. So the, the Jews are supporting their tribes no matter what country they're in. And the Palestinians are doing demonstrations for their people waving the Palestinian flag. So it's like they have their tribe before their country. And, you know, that's why I'm a nationalist, because it's more stable when the, the country is defined by the people. When you bring all these different people in, you bring in these ancient conflicts. And so we're involved with this ancient conflict. We have no business being involved. It's 6,000 miles away. I don't really give a shit. We shouldn't fund Israel, let them fight their own battles. Uh, but in, instead, we're involved with this nonsense. And um, it creates a lot of hatred because we fund Israel and, you know, all those bombs that are killing the Palestinians. That's by my tax dollars. So I can understand why the Palestinians have a lot of hatred towards America. Well, anybody can if they're honest. Uh, yeah, right. Like, I, I don't know. All right. Now, here's a question from Real Nice. He says, uh, Rams, why do you think a lot of conservative boomers fall for the same Anti-Russia, anti-Palestinian, Saddam, WMD, 9-11, propaganda, same scripts, et cetera, over and over. Oh, that's a good question. I, I think and I, I have to admit when I was young, I was always conservative. I read National Review. And to me, the Jews or the Israelis were the good guys. They were kind of white, so to speak, around all these evil barbarians that were brown. They were, you know, savages. And they were the good guys, the democracy. And so I, I think there's some of that. Then a lot of the people, when you come from a evangelical tradition, especially of the Schofield Bible, you see the Jews have a special place in uh, God's plan. And if we, if we bless the Jews, God will bless us. And then there's also the end times thing. So, and they look at this also in the view of the Cold War, like the Soviet Union was the enemy, which they were. And so they're really stuck in that time. My Pence's, Asa's stuck in that time. It's easy to get stuck in a time. I understand it. I'm 60 years old, and sometimes you get kind of stuck back in the 80s or 90s. And But the world has changed. Soviet Union's no more. Uh, it's probably more open now in Russia than it is in America when it comes to censorship. So things have really changed a lot, and I don't think they really understand how much has changed, so especially if you're not around it if you're isolated uh you still think it's like in the 1980s and the soviet union still out there and we got to stand up to these bad guys and yasser arafat still running around like the plo and all that type of stuff so they, they are kind of in a time machine and they don't really quite understand what is happening uh today but i i think the younger generation is a little bit less that way but the older boomers definitely for the most part and when i I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush because there's a lot of boomers that do understand what's going on, but there is sort of a, uh, and this is one of the things that the Jewish lobby is worried about because a lot of the, their big supporters are kind of dying off. They're kind of the older white conservative Christians, sadly from the South that really support Israel. And uh, it's just hard for them to understand really what's happening. I mean, I could I could talk a lot of guys in the South here. Boy, are they, when it comes to blacks, they understand the score. They have no illusions how they are. But when it comes to Jews, uh, they still think they're God's chosen people, the most wonderful things ever. It's because they never lived around them because there's not many Jews down here. And it is amazing how they have that view. 
Uh, but I think that is slowly being replaced. So but it, Christian Zionism is still pretty strong in the South. Well, and you, you're, you raised a good point. There aren't many Jews in the South. <laughs> uh, no, I so, looked it up in Arkansas. Yeah. There's less than 6,000 in the whole state here. Yeah, maybe there's like no Jews. Couple, and, I lived there for 20 years. Yeah. yeah, I've never met one here. They don't, and I was raised in Colorado. I never was around Jews. Most of the Jews are like New York big City cities. and the big areas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're not from there, you're just not around them. And the only way you see them, they're the people, uh, you know, Hollywood directors and actors and all that. And in New York City, and you see them as funny comedians and that type of thing. So it's a kind of a, a warped view that people have of it. And they don't understand how uh, tribal they are because, uh, you know, a right-wing Jew and a left-wing Jew may disagree on issues. But when it comes to their people, they unify. And uh, Ben Shapiro was retweeting the ADL just recently. And so they're all on board when it comes to this, right? So uh, it, that's a lesson to be learned, by the way. They all uh, circle the wagons when it comes to their interests. Every time. Now, uh, if you have any super chat questions, send them in, power chat, all that, rumble rants. Uh, what about Ukraine? Uh, where are they uh, after this? Or do you think that's going to affect their aid at all? Or still? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Ukraine's in a bad situation. Their counteroffensive petered out. It didn't really accomplish anything despite all the propaganda. Now it looks like Russia is actually on the offensive. And I think uh, Ukraine is in trouble. They're losing most of their men. They're down to drafting old men and young, basically, boys. It's a sad situation. It's been a slaughter. And there's just so many ammunition that we can send over. And as I've often said, it's just not about money. Because you, you got to use that money to be able to buy things like tanks or artillery shells. And we've de-industrialized in the United States. And our supplies are low. Europe doesn't have any more supplies. So we, you can't shoot $100 bills at Russian soldiers. That's not going to hurt them. You need to take that $100 bill and make it into some sort of weapon. So they have supply problems now because we're running out of ammunition and supplies. And Russia's just, they don't have a supply problem despite the early propaganda. They have a lot of industry. They have a lot bigger army. And they're just grinding Ukraine out. It's a war of attrition. And I don't see any hope for Ukraine, and they're going to probably have to settle pretty quick. It will be interesting. 2024, next year, uh, Ethan, I, I hope you're ready to stream because you're going to get a lot yeah. of contact next year. A lot of contact. It's going to be the wildest year I think we ever, both of us have seen. We're going to have the election. Trump may go to jail. Uh, Ukraine's going to, I think, crack and fall apart. Now we have this Israel um the arabs are fighting again and then china's always in the background and the crime is exploding it's it's a crazy and then the economy where we spend now finally more in the interest on our national debt than our whole defense and our defense is so huge if you put all the other countries together it doesn't even match how much we spend on defense and we pay more in interest on the debt now because the deficit has just gone crazy everything's out of control uh, it's going to be a wild time. It's going to be a wild year next year. So buckle up, everyone. Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> it's going to be a happenings all year. And this year has been crazy. It's just accelerating. So it's going to get wild. So Now, let me ask you about Russia. Where do you think they're going to be sitting after this? Um, you don't see very good things on the future for Ukraine. So but what do you think about with Russia and just the impact of the war in Ukraine in general? Has that been a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> 
I, I think Russia will get eastern, the Donbass region of Crimea. They don't want all of Ukraine. They're going to leave the rump of Ukraine existing. Now, Poland and Hungary may start to make demands. I think there'll be some sort of, once Russia gets what they want, and they grind down the Ukrainians, I think Zelensky is going to one night pack his bags with his wife and all our American dollars and flee to Tel Aviv and <laughs> or Palm Springs. And um, they'll put someone else in there. They'll have a like a ceasefire or whatever with the Russians. And we'll, I don't know, they'll try to save face in the United States. Well, they were going to take over the whole world, but we stood firm. If it wasn't for us standing firm, there'd be Russian tanks going down I-70. So they'll try to do some sort of cope that way. And, oh, and you know, who, we, we didn't know there'd be a war in Israel. So, you know, that kind of distracted us, too. So I think it, uh, Russia, they're they're becoming sort of a world leader now. There are a lot of countries are lining up with them. China, India, country you're in, Mexico's more sympathetic towards Russia now. And um, so I, I definitely see pretty good things for Russia coming forward. I think they're going to, I think Europe, NATO is going to kind of basically crumble. And uh, I, I think people are going to be real sour on this whole war. It's already happening. People are tired of this war in America. Now I see here's a kind of a radical shift, but I see a super chat question it says question for Rams. Did JF um, do the old um, wife kill thing there? Or is that blown out of proportion? What do you think about the whole thing? Well, it's a fun story just from like a true crime perspective. And as a disclaimer, I don't know. I obviously don't know, but the story is suspicious. When anyone goes, disapp- it goes, off the grid for four months and no one's heard from them in the modern day and age when people are looking for you in the police that's tough to do and i know jf said well she's like a james bond she can elude detection and it's just strange that she would leave leave a couple i guess they have a couple of young children he tries to hide that but they do she just has a young baby and a young mother just leaving her kids and not trying to get them not trying to be in contact with them whatsoever uh, I find that highly skeptical. That's what happened. And he talks about her like she's in the past tense. He doesn't assume she's going to show back up. And his behavior was different. You know, she left him before and he was real upset. And, you know, he did his, oh, let's replace Mama JF with a new Mama JF and all that. She came back two weeks later. But this time, uh, right after he dropped her off and then who knows what happened, he immediately um, did a deep clean and sanitized his place in his own words and replastered. That's kind of weird. And then uh, he's basically acting like he knows she's not going to return. He doesn't seem too upset about it. And he, you know, he's been on these interviews bragging. He watches Dexter and he knows how to plan a perfect crime. Not that he did, but he knows how to do it. So I don't know. It's just, uh, it's very suspicious, put it that way. It's very suspicious, and even if he didn't do it, what I mean, he was on the Dick Masterson show this past weekend talking yeah. about Dexter and talking about he could plan the perfect murder, yeah, and um, going full like Hannibal Lecter uh, with it. Um, I mean, is it good marketing? Is that I, I don't think well, so. I, I don't. I, I don't know Canada law, but in the United States, Scott Peterson got convicted. Really, not much on hard evidence. Uh, the ba- the best evidence. He's the one in California. If you guys don't know, yeah. his pregnant wife Lacey was her name. Lacey. Yeah. She, Lacey uh, yeah. They. Uh, she was found. That she went disappearing. It's kind of similar. Mama J off. It just disappeared, 
And it turned out uh, Scott was having an affair with another woman and he didn't really seem that concerned. And then she, her body eventually washed up and it turns out he, on the day that she went missing, he went like fishing in the bay or in the early morning, which was suspicious. And basically they convicted him on that and just his de basic demeanor. Because when you go, I, I know JF got mad at me. He called me a senile boomer because I thought this whole thing is very skeptical. And that's okay. He can think I'm a senile boomer, but he's got to worry about their uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. That's like their FBI. He, based on his own mission, they're talking to him. So uh, they're not talking to him because they want to be friends. And if this should go to a jury, at least in the United States, the prosecutor is going to make a case. They're going to use the statements. Look at this guy. He's uh, he sanitizes place right after he doesn't show any remorse. In fact, he's joking about it and he's saying that he could do the perfect murder and he watches Dexter and he explains how he would do things to have an electronic presence. That's just not a good look to a jury because those juries could be like retarded boomers, too, and think hmm, this doesn't look very good. So at, just from being a smart point of view. And I think JF is smart in a lot of ways. He's got his PhD. I'm sure he's a really brilliant man. But sometimes common sense, just because you're smart intellectually doesn't mean you have common sense. Common sense is at least pretend to feel bad about the whole situation. All you have to say is, yeah, I'm not going to comment on this much. I'm just worried sick. I'm working with the police. I'm, please have your prayers. I hope my wife returns. I'm going to do everything I can to find her. That, you know, that's all you have to say. Not going to all these shows promoting your book and saying how you know how to do a perfect crime and you don't really care about if she comes back or not. It's just a, um, it's just questionable. I don't know. It's just very questionable why you would do that. Yeah, I would say it's questionable. And then to act outraged when people are like suspicious because you made them more suspicious. Um, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And I don't, my kind of rule is I don't get into the drama community that much unless it makes the news. Like when Fuentes made the news with Kanye, so I got to talk about it. And this made the news. This in the, it was on MSNBC of this missing woman in Canada, Elora, I think her name is. And, um, uh, they, they don't know where she is, and this um, it's really strange. And part of what he said, it doesn't really make sense. He's like, well, I am obviously can't be a suspect because I said I dropped her off on June 17th at a gas station, and they have evidence that that's what I did. And I'm like, well, what does that prove? That just proves you dropped her off. Maybe, and I'm not saying this happened, but maybe she went away for a couple days, then she felt bad and she decided, okay, I'm just, I, I can't stay with them anymore. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get the kids. I'm going to leave with the kids. She went back. They got in a fight. He killed her, hid the body, buried it, dumped it in the ocean or whatever. I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's a, a scenario that could have happened. So him showing on videotape that he dropped her off uh, at a gas station on June 17th doesn't exonerate him like he thinks it does. I don't know why he keeps saying that. It doesn't. It's irrelevant, really. So, but he thinks this is like an ironclad defense. Yeah. Unless I, I'm missing something, I don't really get where that shows anything. Maybe I, maybe because I'm a Well, it sounds like something a yeah. killer would say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. And I don't really think, I mean, I don't want to think that he did that, right? Like, I mean, but it's very strange, and, you know, when you say, well, I have footage, you know, they can see that I dropped her off, and I sent this text from here right at this moment, and, uh, you know, that proves, like, okay, well. Yeah, and I was joking. It's like, Sash, if you know Sash. Oh, you met us. Yeah, you met her. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and it'd be like if Sasha was gone missing, I didn't say anything on my show. And then it finally came up and I said, oh, I don't know where she is. And the police can't prove anything, man. They can't pr prove anything that I did it. They can't prove that I did it. You know, your first reaction is like, what? You know, it's just like, I, that's kind of the way he's coming across. So maybe I hope I'm wrong. I hope she's just going to waltz back in. I'll be happy. And I'm not saying to do it because I don't know. I'm just saying from an outsider, it looks very suspicious. And I, I don't know why he can't. Because usually in 90% of the cases, it is the husband or the wife that does it. Well, and he can get that. mad about statistics. But just <laughs> a guy that talked about race realism and looking at patterns, come on. It's all about statistics. And uh, could have she been eaten by an alligator? I suppose so. But it's probably not very likely. It's more likely he killed her. But, I mean, there's other possibilities, too. But uh, when a woman goes missing with no trace for four months, that's in, in modern the modern world, that's very unusual. Right? It's, it's very unusual. Now that she's a missing person, people would probably say, hey, I mean, they're really looking for you. And you would think she'd want to get in contact with her kids just to say hi or something. Uh, I know she's an odd woman, but uh, well, that's even another thing. an odd woman would she want her kids to think she was dead long term? Like, I mean, that doesn't seem. I know she's yeah, well, you, you've but... seen Mama JF. She is not quite right in the head. No, I she's mean, not. And I, I don't mean that meanly, but so, but still, uh, it just is a she's, strange. She's uh, simple, I guess you might. She's kind of. She seems simple, at least. I, I don't know if that's still allowed. Did you see her meltdown where she thought uh, no white guilt was stalking her and tried to kill her? That, yeah, that was a, a bizarre. He's a shapeshifter, apparently. Yes, yes. And uh, so, um, uh, but she seemed like a sweet lady. She did these uh, cooking videos and made weird stuff. That <laughs> JF would make these spaces. And I like JF. I, I, I didn't mean this as that. Uh, I'm not attacking him. But, I mean, I don't care who does this. If this happened to me, this is just... I would agree. It's a strange thing when you're because he's married or um, common law legally he's yeah. married or so if your wife disappears and you don't bother saying anything about it for four months and someone else brings it up to the police and then you're like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. I guess I should have said something. She's been gone for months. Well, where is she? I don't know. Are you worried? Nah, not really. I mean, it's it's just a weird. It's just weird. Put it that way. But there's a lot of weird people. So maybe she is just wandering around in the woods. I. You don't seem convinced, though. <laughs> no, that would be the least likely possibility. But it is a possibility. Is it enough to convict him? Probably not, but who knows? Well, you know, he keeps um, talking. He may find out. Uh, and I'll say, um, hey, I think he's probably already said enough, honestly, at this point. But I, I guess if it was a shorter time frame, maybe if she'd only been gone for a week or two, Maybe I would find it more likely that she would show back up, but it's been four months, and you tell me she's been completely off the grid for four months and doesn't know people are looking for her, uh, and she wouldn't say something. I don't know. That's the only right. Thing. And she didn't bring her credit cards or anything like that. That's really weird. And uh, I, I just, it just, it's not adding up whatsoever. And again, I, I get it because he says she's done this before. And I remember because she yeah. left him for like two weeks and because he was doing, oh, we're doing a replace mama JF thing. He, I think he did it to make her jealous or whatever. And it worked. She came back. Uh, but uh, this time his, his attitude was totally different. He didn't do any, oh, she's left. Let's, I'm going to do a thing to, you know, get a new girlfriend. Nothing like that. He didn't even mention it. All he did was a deep clean of his home and sterilize and replaster. That's weird. And then um, he didn't do that the first time she left. 
you know, so his behavior was different this time. And it all adds up to being very suspicious. And um, um, I, I don't think I'm that unreasonable to think it's suspicious. I don't know if he did anything, but I think there's reason for suspicion. Put it that way. Now, speaking of suspicion, are you suspicious of Biden's ability to complete his second or not second first term here and go for a second term? Uh, he's looked a little energized the last couple of days talking about Israel. I have to say that that pepped him up a little bit. I don't know if they gave him an extra dose or, or what happened, but he seemed a little more. A little yeah, more I, I, I think he could. Uh, who, who knows? I mean, I, if you've ever been around elderly people, they have their good days and bad days. And he could, in case the Secret Service is watching, I'm not hoping this happens, but he could, I would not be shocked if tomorrow I turned on the internet and found out he stroked out and died. I don't think any of us would be shocked. So he could, he could live till next year for the, be the candidate or he could die. I wouldn't be surprised either way because he's old and he's had strokes before. And, you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say how long older people because he's what 80 something how old is he yeah he's 80 i think 82 80 something like that let me look I'll yeah he's a he's a i know he's at least 80 and that's i mean i that's once you hit 80 it really kind of goes downhill pretty quick for most 80. people yeah he's 80 yeah be it's 81 a, in November. that's an age and when you hit that it just um uh, my father, he's still alive at 88, but I mean, he's not as, you know, he's not as mobile as he used to be and everything. And, uh, he, he doesn't drive anymore. And so it's just reality. And, and my dad's in fairly good shape for 88, but he's 88, right? So once you get 80, things really, for almost everyone, I know there's some odd cases, people are still in pretty good shape, but uh, I don't think he's fit for the presidency, obviously, and he could die easily that, that i want to su be surprised because i everything's just going crazy so i could see him that would be the one right, thing we haven't seen really in my lifetime at least a president die in office well yeah or in um like let's say he gets the nomination then he boop dies then what do they do do they have to redo the convention i don't know this is all going to be weird constitutional stuff so or what if he wins? Oh, the they'll election. figure out something. Come on, yeah. they'll, they'll yeah. change the they rules will. somehow. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> they'll do something to get somebody on the ballot. Um, quick yeah, too. so I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I thought you know, I, but he keeps plugging along. It's kind of like Henry Kissinger. I always think that guy's going to die any minute, but he's like a hundred. So who knows? Maybe. Or Jimmy Carter, they said he was in hospice. Was it early this year? Remember? Yeah. Usually, when you're in hospice, that means you have weeks to go. I think he's still plugging along somehow. So, you never know. Uh, he could be. You never know. He could. Be, he could live for a while. We'll see. What about uh, RFK running as an independent? Who do you think that's going to hurt more, Biden or Trump? Um, if he gets on the know. ballot, I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll yeah, see. I once he did that, I just said he's not a serious candidate. And I think he's lost a lot of steam. I thought he was kind of a, he's kind of, was kind of a meme candidate, kind of like Andrew Yang or, you know, one of those type of guys, Ron Paul or Bernie. Uh, and I liked a lot of the stuff he said against, you know, censorship and trying to keep out of wars. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like what he had to say, but he was interesting at least. And I, it seems like he lost a lot of steam and he knows he can't be on the nomination for the Democrats. They won't allow it. Uh, because he was anti the whole vaccination and that disqualified him for the Democrats. 
Um, so now he's just running as a, kind of like a spoiler. I don't. Who was the last one to run as not a Democrat or Republican? I think it was Wallace, right, in the South in 68 to win an electoral vote? Because I don't think Perot won any no, uh, electoral votes. I think it was uh, George Wallace, right? And yeah. uh, so he, uh, in Alabama, and I think he actually won Alabama that year in 68. But those were different times. And um, I don't see him winning any states. And who will it hurt? I, that's a good question. I think it depends on who the Republicans nominate, um, which God knows how that will be. You think it'd be Trump, but he may be in jail. So who knows who it will be? I'll have to see who the Republican nominee is. I My position right now, I don't think JFK is really going to be a factor. I think it's it's going to be take even from Democrats and Republicans. So people will say, oh, I can't support either of those. I'll just do vote my conscience or vote J, JFK. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., sorry, uh, JFK. Well, they could vote for him, too. He's dead, but why not? So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to have big impact in the election one way or the other. That's just kind of my take. Now, I'm just looking through uh, your timeline here. What about – first off, hold on. I have to mention this. I don't know if you saw that. I was going to ask about uh, the state of race relations in the in the United States, but I, I just saw this story. So the Ryan Carson guy – who got knifed, right? Um, yeah. Uh, on the street. You saw that. Then there was the Philadelphia reporter who got shot in his house. Now, I'll just pull this up and, and get your reacts to that in either one of those cases. But um, this is breaking. Josh Kruger, the left-wing Philly journalist who was murdered at, in his home last week by 19-year-old Robert Davis, had been in a sexual had been in a sexual, I think you're supposed to say instead of sexually, relationship with him starting when Davis was 15 and had threatened to post sexually explicit photos of him online, according to the family, uh, is what they're saying there. So that's a little update on that, and then you can weigh in how you'd like. Oh, so that guy was a homosexual, the white guy? Yeah, he was homosexual, yeah. Yeah, and he was doing underage boys. That's not uncommon. Um, that's actually pretty standard. Um, yeah, I, I guess good riddance. I'm not shedding any <laughs> tears over him. Um, but yeah, race relations are kind of bad now because they're um, well, most blacks are good people. But what happens? Most of the violent criminals disproportionately are blacks, and they tend to be the same people. And they used to deal with it by taking those people off the streets and put them in prison. But now, because Black Lives Matter, we have too many black bodies in prison, so they're letting these criminals run free, and they're creating mayhem in our cities. And so it's really bad what's happening. And then it kind of spreads, because there's some people that are kind of on the edge, and they, they see if uh, Jerome gets arrested and goes to jail for 10 years, they're like, oh, I better not do that shit. So they kind of control themselves. But if Jerome's able to run around, or Jamal's able to run around and steal stuff and get away with it, then they will join in too, because why not? I'm being a sucker if I don't do that. So it starts to spread. So yeah, this is another issue we're having in our country. A lot of a high crime and it's racially based. It's almost all black, by the way, and everyone probably should know that. Now, uh, first off, there's a super chat. Then I'll ask, you know, uh, 
what could be done uh, on that score. Uh, let me see here. Ego Baby says, shout out Ralph, shout out Ramsey Paul. JF Gay Rapey's story doesn't make sense, uh, Ego Baby said. And then Frank's got a video. It says, JF in a few months, it's Robert Durst. And I'll play that here in a bit. Um, now, so what's the solution here? I think I might know where what you would say, but what what is the solution to this epidemic? By the way, I live in Mexico. And it's so peaceful here in Merida. I live in a very safe part of Mexico, but it's like almost foreign to me now. Um, I mean, you still want to keep your wits about you or whatever, but I don't ever think about like violent crime or anything like that. And I, I would constantly think about the United States. Well, it depends where you live in the United States. Sure. If you if you visited me, I don't lock my car. Not there. I mean, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I am in the country. It's all a wide area. I have no fear of crime, but yeah, the cities are bad. Well, we know what the solution is. It's not that difficult is you arrest the people and you put them away that create violent crimes. And it's not that complicated because I, I did jury duty a few years ago in Tulsa. And it's funny. You see the people in the courthouse and the orange jumper suits and the chains. And uh, I was talking to a guy there and he said, you know, we see the same people day after day, meaning criminals. So it's not, it's kind of rare when they get a new one in the system. They see the same really small percentage that do the same crimes over and over and over. So there's some people, they're just not going to be with the program. They can't fit in society. You just got to put them away and not worry about the race. So that's the idea of America anyway. Here's the law. You break the law. We don't carry race. Here's the penalty. So if you're going to do a violent crime, let's say stab someone, uh, we don't, and rob them. You don't. You know, this isn't like you're just a kid and, you know, stealing something at the 7-Eleven. This is pretty serious. We don't need you as part of society anymore. So we take them out of society. And then it makes things a lot better. And and we know uh, that in New York City, they went through a lot of crime in the 70s. And was it Rudy Giuliani that cleaned it up by really getting tough on cracking yeah. down and everything? So it can't happen. Uh, we know how to happen. It's really not even that complicated. And uh, that would, uh, you want to eliminate crime, but you could definitely um, reduce it. And that's all it takes. It's like, no, we're not, you're not going to loot stores. If we catch you looting the store, you're going to jail for 10 years. And then you really do it. Word gets out in the community of, we can't do this anymore. And then that's that. And so it's pretty simple, really. Well, uh, it's not happening, though. Uh, it's only gotten worse in some of these liberal states. Uh, I mean, right, because they community. because they don't they they buy into something, a false premise. Their premise is everyone of all races, we're all exactly the same except for skin color. And that's not true. That's not true. Uh, blacks commit more crimes than any other racial group. And it's not because of white supremacy. And they would say, well, yeah, they, they go to jail more, but that's because of white supremacy. It's like, no, it's because they commit more violent crimes. And uh, because they can't accept that, they have to assume, well, wait a minute, there's a lot more blacks that go to jail than, let's say, Asians or whites. So it must be a white supremacist plot. And the way we're going to fix this is just not put blacks in prison when they do violent crimes. <laughs> They'll improve the statistics. But then you have a huge uh, crime wave. Now we got about 105 on the old channel, about 450 here, about 600 total, I guess, with Odyssey and all that. Uh, let me ask you um, this, the speaker's race, and then I'll ask you 
uh, about X on the last question, but um, where do you see the speaker's race going? I think Scalise got uh, the majority. He's going to be the official nominee or something. I don't know if they have I, I, yet today, uh, but I know they had yeah. earlier where they he won. He beat Jordan, Jim Jordan. Um, yeah, I, I see that. Um, I I don't. I'm pretty cynical about the Republicans. I don't. I, I think they were both Jordan and Scalise were in an argument who loves Israel the most. Yeah. So uh, it's it's, uh, I, it's not going to change anything substantially, in my opinion. Maybe I'm just being cynical, but um, yeah, I'm not getting excited about one way or the other. Yeah, and I'm seeing. So he won that vote, but he they still don't know if he has enough votes total. Because there has to be a separate vote on the House floor, I believe, where he has to get 217. So we'll see. I don't really know that it makes that much difference between those two anyway. Um, but uh, let me ask you about X. How do you think that's holding up? Uh, I've seen him try to put the bum rush on Elon a little bit uh, on one of those spaces a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about their moves? Uh, I know your Twitter is doing really well over there, and I'm still there uh, somehow. So uh, what do you think in general, though? Well, I think what Elon Musk has done is great. I think he was literally – I think he was naive. I think he was like I was years ago, that this is America. People can say what they want. And if you don't like what someone's saying, when I was a kid, it's like, well, well don't. Uh, listen to him. I, when I was, this is what the left used to always say when they put their bullshit out on like TV or whatever, uh, smut. They would say, "Well, if you don't like it, don't look at it. That's just how you do it. Don't censor it." But the left no longer has that view. They want to censor everything. So it always surprised me in America they try to shut down people's speech. Uh, uh, I'm not surprised anymore. And but I think Elon was surprised about that. And I think he's in a tough position because the government has a lot of powers that they're trying to attack him. And he did the struggle session with uh, Ben Shapiro and all those rabbis. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he's doing the best he can. I think it's good to have some freedom of discussion. But the enemy, they don't want freedom of dis uh, discussion or speech. They want to eliminate that. So, uh we enjoy it while we have it. Put it this way. Enjoy it while we have it. Uh, I don't know how long we will have it, but um, it's n n n do it what we have right now. Yeah, I don't know how long we'll have it either, uh, but uh, hopefully a little bit longer. Now, I was going to ask you if there's anything I left out that you've been talking about uh, heavy on your show or just any subject here at the end, because I think I, I hit most of the ones I wanted to. Yeah, it was a good interview. I just want to ask, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, back good. on the sobriety train and uh, losing a bunch of weight. Uh, yeah, I so. heard that you look at you look a lot thinner, and it, you, uh, I'm really I'm excited that you. It's I know hard to stay sober, but you're doing doing great there. Thank you. Uh, it seems like you've been kind of um, because of all this. I I think everyone's been happy. The people that engage in drama for a living. They've been really happy about JF because they can make money off that because they can't make money off you anymore because you don't do anything. <laughs> well, because I haven't been doing any crazy shit. That's right. That's what uh, I mean. So you're just, you're hurting yeah. you're hurting their business model. What are they going to do? Somebody told me that business? actually. They were like, anytime you think about drinking or doing something dumb, think that you're just putting money in the 
those people's you are yeah that's yeah. The, so the, he, he said that's one of the most powerful rationales you have right there not to do uh any drink or drugs or anything like that just think you're, you're basically not only doing the drugs you're just stuffing money in their pockets uh right so, right so don't do that and it's been a good run unfortunately i had to take a big fall uh and you know that's i wish i could say well, it's uncommon that, for me but uh you know sometimes it, hey every I, I i've done similar things not with drugs or alcohol but I've had my own issues in life and that's life. You know, I mean, you just, you just have to go where you are and no one's perfect. And uh, so I don't let it get you down because a lot of the people that point their fingers at you, I could tell you in their lives, they probably really strange stuff that goes on too. So everybody's got something. Uh, and you know, my stuff just happens to be out there, uh, in the open, but I've, I've tried to take it and use it as a positive, getting back to basics here, a lot of interviews, trying to set up some debates yeah. and, you know, just getting back to the non crazy personal content. Cause <laughs> also that infects everything else too, where it's like, okay, the whole show, like it, it kind of puts a taint on things. So, uh, I think I've been doing good moving uh away from that so thank you for the kind yeah i think long i think long term you'll find a um it, it will be better more sustainable yeah. i mean probably all the drama and stuff is good short term for money yeah, but it burns out and also you're burning yeah. you know especially in my case i was going through some I shouldn't have been airing. I shouldn't have been having those things said in public and, and doing that stuff uh, to kind of put it vaguely there. Uh, and it just, it, it, like I said, it's just a bad uh, vibe. So getting away from that and, uh, you know, get well, 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 good. I, I, you've always been real nice to me and I'm always rooting for you. I think you're talented and I think you're, you're going to do really well. So Keep at it. I'm definitely rooting for you to, you know, because I, I, you definitely have the talent. It's just, uh, you know, because that's derailed. So I'm not, I'm just not even talking the internet. Just people in real life. I don't know if you've known that have been yeah. really derailed because of alcohol or whatever. I mean, it's really sad sometimes what happens. So it's uh, a tough, it's a tough mistress. I'll say that. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, the stuff you can get away with when you're younger you start to find out you can't really get away with it as much. The more you've been used, the older you <laughs> yeah, get. I'm like, that way oh, now too. I can't, I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time I've been drunk. Cause I can't do the hangovers anymore. I'm just, well, I just can't do them. A couple of those, many of those moments were because what I was able to do when I was younger and mm -hmm. still be sharper, at least in the game. Right. When I got yeah. older, you know, just this recent run, it was like, okay, this is just like, fucking up my whole mind right. right like you know what i mean it like does. it's like, it it's does, like yeah. holy fuck this is uh it's different uh when you get yeah so does it, um, does it um i i hope it's got to be hard because your life has been so public is has that been hard or is that just part of it well, i talked about this and yeah it's hard to be honest but it's good too right like i I don't want it to sound all sad. So like, yeah, it's hard to live out this stuff in public and go through things with other people in public that you care about and all this stuff. But, um, you know, you get a, like, you know, you, for instance, here talking to me in public about all this, uh, other people reaching out, uh, or coming on the show and they're sharing their stories. We've had a few interviews like that. Um, uh, so there's benefits that you don't get, um, with a regular job 
right? So you get some extra support. Now you get extra hate oh, yeah. too, and you get yeah. people focusing on your life. So that in a negative way, and that's that's part of it. But you also get the good part of it too, uh, or yeah. somebody writing you and saying, "Man, I remember watching the kill stream when my kid was born, or when yeah. my dad was dying, and you got me through this tough year, or I struggle with the same thing, or this or that." And so I think that's a really cool and beautiful thing 100 well, percent. So. i've got that too in my stuff and that is really uh that's it and that's why getting back to the jordan peterson how he flipped out by be calling jude and peter stein really i mean if that's all anyone said about me that'd be nice <laughs> you know what? right and he's rich like i mean look, I, I don't it's like dude it's you like, can call me any name you want if you give me his money. Right. I don't care. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you wouldn't see much of me if I had that much money. Right? Like, I mean, maybe every once in a while, just for old time's sake. But if I hit the lotto and it was like 300 mil or something, I mean, I'd probably be scarce for a little while. But yeah. maybe, I would, maybe you need to check me, check me, make sure I didn't dabble anymore either. That might I might get back into my old ways if I had 300 million. But no, that would make it go pretty quick. Uh, Elon says, don't worry, Ramsey. I positioned Starlink to support Hamas. I'm shipping Tesla solar for the Palestinians and all electric gliders for the war effort. All but, uh, just, just, to be, just to be clear, I do not support Hamas. I just want to stay <laughs> out of this. I'm, I'm not on either side. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I know. But you know, I'm kind of torn. So I'm not like pro Hamas, really. Right. But also, I understand, you know, I'm traditionally. I, I understand. It's not. You know, it, it, and... it, 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 there's reasons behind everything so well they're well, like they it, took hostages well they have to because you have thousands of their people in jail and that's the only right. way they can get any out like i know it's not cool um it's not cool to just mow down citizens that's true uh but it's not cool to steal palestinian land for 60 70 years right it's not cool to kill hundreds of palestinians per year just as a normal just like everyday fact of life basically um and it's not cool to violate all these u.n resolutions and yeah. you know buy off our politicians and all that stuff too so um i don't know I'm, uh, so I, i'm not pro hamas i don't like seeing you know barbarity like that but also it's like well it's kind of yeah what did you expect part of the like, war like part of the war Pat buchanan that clip you retweeted we played that earlier oh, yeah. it's like well what do you expect i mean it's not yeah i support it but i like i like pat that's for sure yeah, I do too. Well, I like you, Ramsey Paul, and I appreciate Well, thank you, you for inviting me on, and uh, have a great time. Thank Talk you, to you guys later. I appreciate Bye. it. Talk to you later. There we go. My excellent segue at the end there. And then I'll turn the TTS back on. I can turn this off now. That was fun. It was right at about an hour or two. And we got a little introspection. I heard the stream was fucking up. Is it okay now? I was just talking about it too, how good it was doing. So it picked today to fuck up. I said that yesterday, I think. Great interview, Wynn said, thank you. Well, if you miss some of it uh, because of skips or whatever, it'll be uploaded with the full stream. It should be okay there. And then we'll have a copy of it too. The copy will definitely be okay. Let me turn those back on. We're over 50% of the way there on the War Watch Fund. May do something on kick after the stream. Glitching stopped. Yeah, rumble fucking up. Is it still fucking up now? Yeah, hit the like. Oh, shit. Yeah, do that. 79 likes. Let's see how we can get that. Yeah, the old channel always works. I don't know why. That's just weird to me. 
But it had had almost like a week without fucking up or without fucking up that much. So I won't complain too much. But yeah, the old channel, for some reason, it's like old, reliable. But uh, 